Today we start a series entitled Roadmap for Life. This series is based on the physical journey that the people of Israel took after God had freed them from slavery in Egypt and led them to the land he promised to their ancestor Abraham. One of my favourite walks is from Lavent Village Green up Chalkpit Lane, left at the car park with glorious views across the south coast and back down through the fields, stopping for a paddle in the stream and back to the car. How do I know it? Where did I learn it from? From friends who'd been there before. There are key truths that God showed his people, people who've been there before, if you like, that we also can learn from and apply to our own journey through life as Christians. From when we've been liberated from the kingdom of darkness and enter the kingdom of light as we trust Jesus for forgiveness and then proceed on our lifelong journey to the glorious eternal future with God that awaits for us. Like the Israelites around three and a half thousand years ago, we too can experience God's provision and guidance on that journey. Like them, we too are constantly faced with choices. Do I trust God in this or not? Will I go God's way or not? We see here the going away and coming back again pattern of human behaviour that's repeated through the centuries of biblical history. And we're faced with the same choices today. And we need to respond to God's call to wholehearted commitment and relationship. Like those seeking to follow God in ancient times, we'll find that the deserts of our lives can become places of discovery. In John 15 and verse 4, Jesus says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. Jesus' promise there is that like branches in a vine, our lives will be fruitful when we stay connected to him and remain reliant on him. We start our series with a message entitled Encounter, and it's based on Exodus 33, verses 12 to 23. Let's hear those words now. Hi, I'm Molly. I'm Becky, and we're from CYE, and we're going to be doing the reading today. It's from Exodus 33, verses 12 to 23. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favour with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. 
When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will re remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. In our reading, we see the promise of God's presence to a sinful people for the journey ahead. The context. The book of Exodus is a historical record that starts with Israel's oppression and forced labour in Egypt. It records God's calling of Moses, Israel's release from slavery and the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea. The joy of freedom quickly gave way to grumbling because of the desert hardships, despite God's provision for his people. Under Moses' leadership, the people travel down to the Sinai Peninsula, and at Mount Sinai, God makes a covenant for them. He gives them the Ten Commandments and other laws. But even while Moses was still up on Mount Sinai meeting with God, Aaron, his brother, was persuaded by the people to make a pagan symbol, a golden calf, for them to worship. It was because of Moses' prayer in our reading that God didn't abandon them and that God revealed himself to Moses. His mercy, unfailing love, justice and holiness. In the chapters that follow, that's where Exodus ends as the journey back to the land promised to their ancestor Abraham is about to continue. That journey was going to take many years 38 more years to be precise, with the detail included in the books that follow, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. For the Israelites, this was a physical journey. They learned that they could depend on God. This journey, from slavery to crossing into the land God had promised, is often referred to in the Bible and it points us to something far, far greater. The lessons the Israelites learn along the way are ones we too need to learn on our roadmap for life. Think about the parallels with the Christian life that we can draw. We start as slaves, slaves to sin, but when we place our trust in Jesus, we too are redeemed. This life then is a journey following Jesus' leadership as his apprentices and with the end goal firmly in view. God is preparing a home for us, an eternal home. For the Israelites, this promise, this home, was going to be a physical one. It was a physical journey they were going through in the desert. But for us, the desert can also be a state of mind or situation we find ourselves in. Perhaps some of us could describe the last year as a desert, starved of human interaction and opportunities. We too, like the Israelites, live in uncertain times. Familiar landmarks have gone. We're at the mercy of events and decisions we have no control over. But we too can prove that God is faithful. God will be with us. The desert can be a place of discovery and we too can look back as the Israelite prophets and New Testament writers often did and say remember how God provided for us? 
Remember how God guided us? The encounter Moses had with God that's recorded in Exodus 33 shows us the promise of God's presence to a sinful people for the journey ahead. If you're taking notes, that's where we're going. You might find it helpful too. The promise of God's presence to a sinful people for the journey ahead. Our passage follows the devastation Moses must have felt as he came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments to find the people engaging in pagan worship. It was for this reason that in chapter 33, verse 3, the Lord, having told his people to make their way on towards the promised land, says, I will not go with you because you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. Imagine Moses thinking, help, how can I lead this people? He needed the reassurance of the presence of God for the challenges ahead. The promise of God's presence. What was meant by this phrase, this promise? The promise of the presence of God. In verse 2 of this chapter, the Lord had promised an angel to go ahead of his people to prepare the way for them to enter the promised land. As we consider the book of Exodus, though, we can see that the angel of the Lord represented the Lord himself. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2, it is the angel of the Lord who appears to Moses in the bush. In Exodus 14 and verse 9, it is the angel of the Lord who went ahead of the Israelites in a pillar of cloud and fire. In Exodus 23, verses 20 and 23, it is the angel of the Lord who, before their act of idolatrous worship, promised to be the companion of their way and guarantor of their victory. What is clear through all of this is that the angel was the Lord himself. To make this clear, an example from Exodus chapter 13 and verse 21 where it says, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in the pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. In verse 14, we read the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. The word presence literally means face, and it can be understood as the essential reality of personal presence. The promise of his presence was what Moses was asking for, was desperate for, and didn't want to go ahead without. In verse 17, the Lord says to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. Why? Because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. Moses had not earned God's pleasure by living a perfect life. Far from that. But we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, verse 6 tells us that. His faith in God was key and he wanted to encounter God. He wanted to see him in all his fullness. Something that verse 20 tells us was impossible. Chapter 34 does show us, though, that Moses did encounter the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights and returned with a radiant face when he'd been to up Mount Sinai again. What he encountered was just a glimpse of God's glory. My back as verse 23 puts it. He was, however, given God's name and God's word. We too can encounter the Lord. 
Maybe we can't see him face to face, for surely we would not be able to live if we saw his entire glory. For we are finite and imperfect, but we can encounter him today. Jesus came to show us what God is like and makes himself known today by his spirit and through his word. John 1 verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. John 14 verse 9, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, said Jesus. In this very moment, wherever you are, as we worship together, we too can encounter the Lord. Surely not me, Andy. This was the great Moses, you say, you think. Well, yes, this encounter was unique and Moses, li Moses literally was radiant after meeting with the Lord. But Moses pleaded with God that his presence would go with all his people. Note that in verse 13, Moses, in his honest cry out to God, says, remember that this nation is your people. In verse 15 and 16, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of earth? Moses was pleading for the promise of God's presence for his people. For he knew that it was God's presence that would set his people apart and would equip them for the challenges ahead. In this encounter, we see the promise of God's presence. The promise of God's presence for a sinful people. Verse 19 makes it clear that seeing a glimpse of God's glory was not what Moses had earned, but was according to God's mercy and compassion. This was a good job, given that the Israelites most definitely didn't deserve this. Remember, having been rescued as slaves, they turned to worship an idol. When Moses had been up the mountain for too long, or so the people thought in chapter 32 and verse 2, they'd lost their connecting point with God, Moses, and created something else to worship, to get their sense of belonging, security and meaning from, this golden calf. They forgot and abandoned their saving God. Yet at Moses' plea, God would not desert them in the desert, but he would remain faithful to them. What they deserved was to be abandoned, like a husband who could legitimately leave his wife who cheated on him. But the Lord did not give his people what they deserved. He had mercy on them and compassion on them. Though they were unfaithful, he remained faithful. I wonder, have you had an idol that's had your attention and devotion recently? For the Israelites, their connecting point with the Lord, Moses, was out of sight. And so they turned to a golden calf. Many of our connecting points with God may have been pulled away from us, gathered church with singing and communion, special Christian events, in-person small groups, special places that we can go to that we haven't been able to go. Have other idols had our attention and devotion? Let me, to encourage, let me encourage you to confess this before the Lord, if that's the case. And to pray along with Psalm 27 verse 8. My heart says of the Lord, seek his face. 
your face, Lord, I will seek. However rebellious, broken, disappointed, disillusioned and unfaithful we are, we can return to God because we have our own Moses, a better Moses, Jesus, who's pleaded on our behalf and made it possible for us to turn to God. He's paid the price on the cross that means that not only can God be with us, but that we can be the temple of God, the place where God chooses to dwell. We can know in the words of verse 19, his goodness, his name and his presence. This is the invitation for all of us on our roadmap to encounter God through the person of Jesus, through whom we can know and enjoy God's presence. We can know God's mercy, not, pace, not facing punishment that like the Israelites we deserve. And we can enjoy his grace, his presence in our hearts by putting our trust in Jesus. We, like the Israelites, are a sinful people. The promise of God's presence for a sinful people for the journey ahead. For the journey ahead. Moses was refusing to go ahead without the reassurance of God's presence with him. I wonder how you feel about the journey ahead, the next bit of our roadmap as a nation, your own journey ahead as a disciple of Jesus, the things in life that are known and unknown, they're exciting and daunting. I'm sure Moses and the Israelites were a little bit daunted and anxious and concerned about their journey ahead. Well, God has promised to be with those who trust in him. Matthew 28, verse 20, having called his followers to make disciples, baptise them and teach them to obey his teaching, Jesus promises them, surely I will be with you until the end of the age. God will be with you for the journey ahead. Sometimes you feel it, hear it, perhaps even see it, but many times you don't. But it will always be true because Jesus promised it. Our part in the words of Dallas Willard is to wait on the Lord, exercising a patient, confident and expecting faith. This is to be our habitual attitude, abandoning outcomes entirely to him. As we've looked at this encounter that Moses had with the Lord, we've seen the promise of God's presence for a sinful people for the journey ahead. We need the reassurance of his presence and we need to pray again, fill us with your spirit, Lord. We need to acknowledge that we too are sinful. Our attention and devotion has been elsewhere. We need to have courage for the journey ahead. On our roadmap to life, we need to encounter the Lord. We need to encounter him together and we need to take responsibility as disciples of Jesus to make time and space to encounter him in our own lives and households as well. I have a simple call and response prayer that I'd like to finish with that helps us to verbalise our desire to seek and encounter the Lord. I'm going to say seek his face and I want you to reply, your face Lord I will seek. Seek his face, your face Lord I will seek. Seek his face, your face Lord I will seek. Seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Amen.